when man sinned in the garden that sin Jehovah could not condone the blood shed of animals could not forever sin atone but the son had compassion he said father I'll be your lamb show once again blood was shed as the soldiers nailed him It's been three days since heaven Watched their prince of glory die His followers are in mourning For in the tomb their Savior lies but at the grave, something is happening. As death screams, I've lost my hope. Angels rise in anticipation. For the sun is coming home. And
brief uh, as possible. Just going to highlight a few things. We, we were here this morning, and I sort of along the same lines, discipleship, and uh, something you don't hear a whole lot preached on, I guess, as much as probably should. Uh, we preach on salvation, which is absolutely essential. Uh, if you want to go to heaven, there's only one way. You've got to go through and by the Lord Jesus. Yeah, I sound like a broken record, but I really have nothing else to tell. Paul said, what was unto me? If I preach not the gospel, and that gospel is the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and I'm glad it's for whosoever will. If you don't know Christ, man, today, tonight, be a good night uh, to give you heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody mentioned, I think Brother Allen mentioned, I think we had 199 people here uh, this morning. Man, that was, a, that was a big crowd, a lot of visitors and uh, coming, so I appreciate that. Do remember, of course, I challenge you the first of the year. You'll have some more challenges coming up. The Lord tarries is coming, and I live um, of course, this, this year to go after five families that are unchurched. You don't have to look far to find that. And some folks have done that. I hope everybody has done that, made an attempt uh, to invite folks to come to the house of God. But I tell you what, I'm, I'm thankful that folks are coming. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to folks getting saved. In the coming days, I still believe our, our, our best days are ahead of us. I believe that with all my heart. And uh, so I'm excited about what God has done, what he's going to do. Uh, here in the near future. It's hard to believe, man. We're sitting in December 2023. Time just swiftly passes on by, and it gets faster the older that uh, I get. I know somebody says, well, you just wait, preacher. You ain't seen nothing yet, but it, it's going by pretty fast right now. And uh, But tonight, Luke chapter number 14, that's why it's so important for us when it comes to discipleship uh, to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about something before I even read the scripture. When it comes to salvation, there's a difference in salvation and, there's, and, and discipleship. There's a great distinction. Well, what's the distinction, preacher? It's this simple. At salvation, Jesus says, come unto me. Whosoever will, come unto me. That's salvation. Discipleship, Jesus says, come after me. Come at, there, y'all still alive, ain't you? All right. Whew. I'm going to have to create my own energy. Help me, Holy Ghost, because I'm going to need it. At salvation, Jesus says, come unto me. But at discipleship, he says, come after me to follow him. And that's what we're dealing with tonight uh, when it comes to discipleship. That's one of the four uh, areas that's needed in every church. You've got to have evangelism. You've got to have fellowship. You've got to have worship. And you've got to have discipleship. Part of that discipleship program really is your Sunday school hour. I understand. I remember, I guess, it's probably... Uh, maybe nine or ten years ago, I had a brother to even tell me this. He said, don't you think, he said, you think Sunday school is pretty much a thing of the past because folks don't, uh, they don't really attend Sunday school like they used to, but that's part of discipleship. And of course, worship, that's where we're here tonight, and we worship the Lord in, in spirit and truth in songs and, and in sermon. We try to worship the Lord. Evangelism, that's where we try to go out, whether it's knocking on the door, handing the gospel track, supporting missionaries. Do you remember, there's three types of missionaries. There's the go missionary, the one that'll go on the mission field. Then there's the co-missionary that, that can't go, but they're going to finance the way. But then sadly, there's the no missionary, those that just have no burden, no desire to see folks say, well, listen, I'm glad somebody loved me enough that they told me about the Lord Jesus Christ, and we ought to want to share that love of Christ with others. But that's part of the evangelism, but discipleship, those four ingredients, you got discipleship, you got worship, you got fellowship, and did I say evangelism? Anyhow, there's four of them, evangelism, worship, discipleship, what's the third, what's the other, worship? Did I say all four of them? Did I get them all? 
All right, I ain't got them wrote down, so I can't look at my notes. I'm going on memory. But those four things are needed. But discipleship is absolutely critical. And Jesus has a lot to say about come after me. Again, at salvation, he says, come unto me regardless of what you've done, where you've been. He can forgive you of all your sin. And then once you come to Christ at salvation, discipleship, Jesus says, come after me. Notice what the Bible said here. Luke chapter 14, verse number 25. i got to move. The Bible said, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, we've already looked at this this morning, but three times, you said it, verse 26, verse 27, verse 33, he used the word cannot be my disciple. Man, I want to be his disciple. I hope you want to be his disciple. But there's some conditions. There's some requirements in order, according to the Lord Jesus Christ, in order for you to be a disciple. And he laid out that first in verse 26, then in verse 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether ye have sufficient to finish it. Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage, and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise... Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Then he said, Salt is good, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now that covered everybody in Jesus' day. That covers everybody not. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Father, as we bow God in your presence, Lord, again tonight, saying thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for the good singing tonight. Thank you for our choir. Lord, I know it's been a very, very busy day, a lot going on. Thank you for those that came out uh, with the Christmas program practice. Now, Father, I pray that you would honor your word. Help this feeble preacher now to decrease. I pray that you'd help me to say nothing that you don't want say. Lord, I pray if there's one lost, I pray that you'd save them. Help the saints of God. We'll be careful to give you thanks and praise. Lord, this subject tonight on discipleship, help me to be all that you want me to be. Lord, help us to glean something. Help us to be obedient unto your word by way of application. We'll give you thanks and praise for we ask it all in Jesus' name. All God's people say it. Amen. You know, uh, I think about this call that the Lord Jesus uh, made on these followers, those that were following him. And he gave a call. He said, if any man come to me. And uh, so he made out this call. And, you know, I got to thinking about, about some things. We seem to value first things. First things. Think about this, Brother Hal. Most of you probably remember your first car. You remember your first car? I bet they don't make it anymore, do they, do they Brother Hal? Think about the first car, maybe your first gun, maybe the first deer, or I mean, you could go on into your first touchdown, scored your first basket, scored first home run. You could go on and on. We seem to put a value. Think about this: the baby's first haircut. I don't know if they still do that. I think Mama still got a. Believe it or not, I used to have blonde hair when I was little, and Mama had some hair somewhere. I don't know where it's at. I seen it in one of those. You remember those envelopes that had like a clear coating on them? You could see inside the envelope. It, it was somewhere. Honestly, may have threw it away at this point. But uh, you, you value the first hire, maybe the first tooth that, that fell out. You hang on to all that stuff. And uh, then, then as you get older, sometimes you value last things. What do you mean last things? Well, think about this. When loved ones 
pass away, you, you remember the last time you seen them. You might remember the last words. You might remember the last meal, the last place that you went with them. We put a value on first things and sometimes last things. But I'll tell you what we better put a value on. We better put a value on the voice of God. That God still loves us and has compassion and mercy and grace enough to still speak to us. Boy, it's, it's a sad thing when God quits speaking. There's great evidence in the Bible where there were times where, where God quit speaking unto the nation of Israel. Remember, there was about a 400-year period from the end of the Old Testament to the New Testament until the Lord Jesus Christ came on the scene. There was silence. Oh, but boy, it thundered in with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, Zacharias, John the Baptist, all that uh, foreshadowing the Lord Jesus. But when you think about this, we ought to put a value when God speaks to our heart. Now listen, thank God He dealt with my heart at salvation. But after salvation, Brother Kevin, God still has dealt with my heart. He speaks to my heart. He speaks through His Word. He speaks through His man. He speaks through the message. And I thank God for the Word of God and for God loved me enough that He would speak to me that, to encourage me when I need encouragement. To chastise me when I need chastisement. I mean to deal with my sin when I need my sin. Dealt with God will speak to us. And boy, we ought to put a value. We put a value on first things and last things. We better put a value on the voice of God that God will still speak to you and I. So he lays out here about discipleship. Again, salvation, he says, come unto me. Uh, discipleship, he says, come after me. So he's compelling, he's calling his followers to come after him. And three times he used the phrase, you cannot be my disciple unless you follow these conditions. In verse 26, verse 27, and verse number 33. Basically it sums up, verse 26, you can put it this way. Jesus says that he must be first in our, I mean, he must be first in our lives if we're going to be his disciple. For he says, verse 26, if any man come to me and hate not his father... And mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Anybody you put a value over the Lord Jesus, listen, you cannot be his disciple. He doesn't want part of our, uh, he don't want partial obedience, he wants it all. He don't want part of my life, he wants all of my life. You say, when a preacher, that ain't fire. Oh, yes, it is. He gave everything he had so you and I, I could go to a place called heaven and we could miss hell. Our sins have been forgiven. He gave so much for us. It's the least that we can do to give ourselves unto him. But he must be first. Basically, it's what that sums up in verse 26. But then in verse 27, we must die to ourselves. For the Bible said, and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my Disciple. So you can, you can break it down this way. He deals with a cross. Now, cross, as we've said numerous times, has to do basically with death. You think about the cross, you think about brutality. Think about the cross, you think about bloodshed. You think about the cross, you think about the burden that the Son of God bore up Calvary's hill. And, of course, Simon the Cyrene, as he, as he fell underneath that pressure, we understand that he was compelled to carry the cross for the Lord Jesus. I think about the brokenness that is associated with that cross. The Lord said, we want to be his disciple. We're going to have to die to ourselves, and we're going to have to take up that cross every day. Now, I want you to think about a cross a cross is always pointing. Those that are on a cross are always pointing in one direction. They don't spin that thing around. Aren't you going to look to the east right now, and then we'll spin you around, and then you look to the west? No. When they were put on that cross, they all faced one direction. Those that went on the cross 
never came back. Never came back. On but one, the Lord Jesus. You put on a cross, they're looking one way. You can't go back. And you think, you think about this uh, when it comes to the cross. Those that are on it have no future plans. Those on the, Remember, the Lord Jesus is a man in the middle, according to the Word of God. On the right hand, there was a male factor, which is a criminal, which was a thief. On the left hand, there was a male factor, there was a thief. And the perfect Son of God was in the middle. Those two on each side, they had no future plans at all. They're bearing the load of sin on their bodies, the consequences of their actions. Boy, thank God, that one on that one side, he got in. I'm going to see that man one day. You say, well, how in the world how can you be so sure? Somebody said, you believe in, in deathbed confessions? I believe in death couch confessions, man. People can get saved during that hour. That old thief that said, Lord, remember me. Jesus said, verily today shalt thou be me in paradise. That man wouldn't baptize, so don't you tell me that that water will wash away your sin. Ain't but one thing that will wash your sin away. And that's the blood of Calvary, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that last blood that they're singing about just a little while ago. But those that hang on the cross, they all face one way. Amen. They, they, they never come back off, and they have no future plans. You know what God wants from us? To give all of our lives unto him. But you know what gets in the way? Sometimes our future plans get in the way. Thus following, amen, following the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes our direction don't line up with God's direction. Well, God wants me to go this way, but you know, I, 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 Lord, I know better than you do, and I, I'm going this way. Yeah, man. A lot of times we have that mentality, but that cross speaks of us dying to, to ourself and understanding it has to do with death. But then in verse number 33, he said, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. In other words, we must forsake all. We must forsake all. And follow him. Man, I, I'm telling you, in, in this entitlement world in which we live, a lot of folks don't, they don't like this mentality. They don't like it kind of preaching. But it's not, listen, don't, don't, don't hold it against the messenger. Don't hold it against the preacher. I need help in this department myself. We all do. When it comes to discipleship, there's things that come our way. And Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, there's some things that's going to have to happen. If you refuse to do that, you cannot be my disciple. Disciple, he wants to be first. He he wants us to die to self. We must forsake all for him. So he deals with this cross to begin with, and then he gives that example about construction. Verse number twenty-eight. We hit on a little bit this morning. The Bible said, verse twenty-eight: For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first to count the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it? I mean, if you've ever built a house, if you've ever built anything. You look ahead and you say, all right, man, how much is this going to cost? And, and, and you want to make sure you got enough to finish it. I shared, you can come down my driveway. You look to the right. There's, there's a foundation laying there. Weeds growed up around that was started, but it was never built. You say it's, it's half constructed, it's half finished. But you think about this thought. I wonder how many half Christians are in here tonight. Half built, half constructed. How many? Now, that's between you and God. But God wants us to be a disciple. He wants all of us. He don't want part of us. But we've got to consider the cost. And there is a cost to 
discipleship. You will have to pay a price. Some folks say, well, a sacrifice. I look at it as investing. You're laying up treasures in heaven, not, not down here where moth and rust doth corrupt, but we're to lay treasures up in heaven. How in the world do we do that? By submitting and surrendering our lives unto the Lord Jesus Christ and, and giving Him every and all of us need work in these areas, including this preacher. Man, I'm not preaching down to anybody. I need this probably more than anybody else here. But when it comes to true discipleship, this construction is very, very important. He said, verse 29, Let's happily after he hath laid the foundation, is not able to finish it. All that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. We've seen those, and I believe there's a lot of folks that have trusted Christ, got their sins forgiven, and uh, then, then they don't have that commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't have that full surrender and they go out and basically they bring a reproach to the name of Christ, to the church and the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're like half-built believers because they would not fully surrender their heart and life to the Lord Jesus. Man, that's a miserable place to be. And listen, one day we're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ as believers and we'll give account of ourselves unto the Lord. Boy, what a day that's going to be. And you know, Revelation, Revelation 21, it talks about God's going to wipe away all the tears from their eyes. Well, listen, that is after uh, the judgment seat of Christ. That's why there'll be tears. Oh, yeah, there'll be tears in our eyes when we stand and think about the things that we squandered and the things that we, that we could have had laid up in heaven, but we, we had a self-will. We would not... Uh, that, we wouldn't give Jesus first in our life. And, and man, it's so important. Again, you think about that little dash and that little dot that's going to define our life, the, our, our birth date and, and our date of death. That little line in between is just a small span. And when you think about eternity, and it's important to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in discipleship. We're going to do that. He talks about this construction. And then he talks, I believe this, this part here, he talks about some conflict. And I want you to notice this. I don't know if you ever thought about this. Look at verse 31. He said, Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth, whether he be able with ten thousand to meet with him that cometh against him with twenty thousand. So here's a king. He's got ten thousand men. Now his enemy out here has got twenty thousand, Brother Harold. So, I mean, he's got to be able to sit down, all right, am I able to go to battle? I mean, that's, that's two to one uh, I mean, odds. I mean, here it is. There, there's twice as many of them as there are on our side. But notice verse 32 or else, while the other is yet a great way off, is still his enemy. He sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. You know what will happen sometimes to believers? We'll try our best uh, to negotiate or compromise with the enemy. Stay with me now. There's a picture of that. All right, man, it seems like it's insurmountable. There, there's twice as many as there are us, but understand, we got Christ on our side. We'll always be in the majority. And listen, the devil will try his best to tell you to compromise and negotiate with the enemy, surely, surely, preacher, this is 2023. You must be talking about somebody. Listen, it's okay to have one foot in the world and one foot in the spiritual side. No, that is a fence straddler. What did I, Elijah say? He said, how long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, serve him. If Baal, then him. What Joshua say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's times where we just got to make that commitment. We got to make that decision. We've all 
made decisions to affect where we are today. I've made decisions to affect where I am today. You've made decisions to affect where you are today. You'll do that if you live for the rest of your life. And I beg you, don't compromise with the, with the enemy. Don't negotiate uh, at all. But notice this last thing. We see he talks about the cross. Now, that cross, they all pointed one way. None ever came back, and we understand that none of them had any future plans. When you come to Christ, man, you ought to give it to him and lay that cross at his feet. We think about the construction. I don't want to be a half-built believer. I don't want you to be a half-built uh, believer. You've got to sit down, consider the cost, and then execute. We talked about executing today. I want to get on those, those six E's, but I know that's not going to happen tonight. But when it comes to like executing a, a game plan for a game of basketball, Brother Peyton, let's say you're going up against a team that plays heavy zone or, or press, the diamond press, or, or maybe man-to-man defense, you're going to have a game plan of some kind of offense, and somebody's got to execute that. You've got a point guard, you've got a guard, you've got power forwards, you've got center, you got different, but everybody's got to be on the same team or on the same page to execute the game plan we got to do the same thing in a christian life we've got to execute what we know we got to bring it to him and it's a continual thing daily when it comes to discipleship man this is one of these messages where we ain't gonna be jumping and swinging from the from the chandelier say whoa glory to god praise god the preacher's talking about it's gonna cost me something i'm gonna have to surrender i'm gonna have to commit man i'm gonna have to do this that and the other hey the lord jesus christ said if you don't do it you cannot be my disciple It'd be in our best interest to do what Jesus said. Amen. So we see the cross. We see the construction, the conflict. But then there's the commission. You could call it the commission in verse number uh, 34. He said, salt is good, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? So he talks about salt. Now, this message was birthed out of Matthew chapter number 5. Of course, that's the same context. Talking about where Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth, but if salt had lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? This sense forth good for nothing, but it be cast out and be trodden under the foot of men. That's Matthew 5, verse number 13. It's sort of along the same principle. And then he said in verse 35, it is neither fit for the land nor for, uh, for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It was applicable in Jesus' day. It's applicable tonight for Brian, for every person that's here at Faith Community Baptist Church. To those that listen by the Facebook, the live stream, the CD ministry, it is applicable for each one of us. But it talks about a commission. Salt always typifies our witness and our testimony in the earth. And you think about salt, we know it's seasons. We know it stings. I remember one time I had, uh, I had wrecked my motorcycle. This is years ago. Had a little DS-80, I think, I think that's what it was, a little Suzuki. And one, one morning, Brother Kevin, there was dew on the ground. It hadn't rained, but the dew was heavy. And I come around I come around the curve, and I was probably going faster than I should. And, uh, man, when I went around that curve and that grass, the tires just went out from underneath me. And they, the foot pegs on those motorcycles had little jack. And, I mean, it just ripped me open right through here, right on that shin. You ever got hit in the shin bone? Almost oh, terrible. We had just opened me up. And I never will forget they went in. Boy, that lady lied to me. I, I never will forget that, too. I ain't got over, over on Yagwell Hospital. It's been a long time. I don't know what this got to do with the story, but I got to tell you. She lied to me. She put, and I had grass, I mean, all kinds of stuff in my leg. And uh, she got a big, she had a big old clear bottle of something. And uh, she get, and I said, well, well, I said, wait a minute. And I just a kid at the time, Sister Maddie. And I said, is that alcohol? She said, oh, no, this is clear water. Son, she poured that on there. There wasn't no water. That was alcohol, brother, but I know she had to do her job, but I remember something. They put stitches in there, and it wasn't long after that we went down to the beach and got into the ocean. 
And I remember going into the ocean. Now listen, salt will heal, but man, you, you get salt in that, in that wound, in that cut, it stung. Yeah, man. Salt will sting. You get it in your eye. It'll sting you. It sure will. There's a lot of things that salt does. I mean, it seasons our green beans, our collards, our creases, our mashed taters, our gravy, and different things, man. we got to have salt. It seasons. It stings. But, boy, does it not satisfy. When you get something that's bland, don't taste real, real good, you can put that salt on there, and, man, it makes it taste a whole lot better. God said we are the salt of the earth. It has to do with our witness and our testimony. You know, you and I, we ought to sustain some things and preserve because salt does that, and it should stir Stir what? It should stir other stirs. So you go get you some big country ham. It's eating on that, eating something real, real salty. It ain't going to be long. You're going to be thirsty. You know, we ought to make folks thirst after the things of God. Amen. Does my life, does it make folks thirst after the things of God? Does your life, does it make people thirst after the things of God? Or does it make, us, make them thirst about something else? So listen, that has to do with our commission. We ought to worship at any cost. We ought to work at any cost. We ought to war at any cost. We ought to witness at any cost. But we'll, now listen, we'll never do it until we get out of the salt shaker. Think about it just a minute. You look up on that shack Christie the other day. We've got so many salt shakers. We've got uh, some look like sand, I think. And we've got silver ones and the glass ones. You ladies know what I'm talking about. If you get to cooking, you get to fixing stuff, so you probably got a certain salt shaker that you know how much salt comes out, and you want to use that same. Well, I do. And so I said, where is that salt shaker at? I found it over there on the table. But you know what? That salt, you say, man, that salt, it's good, man. It'll season some things. It'll do exactly what you need, but it's got to get out of the salt shaker to be effective. Too many God's people sitting in the salt shaker. Not really making an impact like we should. Not really seasoning like we should. Not really sustaining or preserving like we should. Not really stinging. Not, not really healing because that's what salt will do. Salt will heal wounds at times. And, and listen, that's important for you and I. But we're not going to be who God wants us to be as long as we stay confined inside the salt shaker. This world needs the salt of the earth. God calls us to be salt. Sister Devanna is a coming tonight. I, I jotted this down a long time ago. If we want to be effective, we've got to get out of that salt shaker. But somebody said there's three things that are needed to be happy. And, you know, I, I really can't say that I disagree with this. I've told you before, J-O-Y, of course, Jesus, others, and yourself. That's the real true uh, way to get to have that happiness and that joy, regardless of what comes your way. Jesus, others, and yourself. But I want you to think about this. Somebody said three things need to be happy. Somebody said it's somebody to believe in. That's good. Well, that's the Lord Jesus. Everybody needs somebody to believe in. Listen, you can say, well, I believe in Santa Claus. You can believe whatever you want to. I believe in Jesus Christ. Somebody to believe in. Then somebody to love. You know, God puts people in your life tangibly, physically, that you can love. But, boy, the love of Jesus. Think about him. You see, there's somebody to believe in, someone to love, and then there's a cause to serve. You know what? Why do we, why do we do what we do? I can tell you this. I can assure you this, brother Kevin. One day, many years ago, I didn't say, "Well, you know what? I believe I'm just going to preach. I believe I'm just going to be a preacher." <laughs> that was not in. That was not in the. In Brian's decision making, 
I can say that. But God had a plan for my life. He's had a plan for your life. He's got a plan for others to be what God wants you to be. But you got to get out of that salt shaker. You say, well, man, the preacher, he must enjoy preaching. Man, I don't, I don't ever try to preach mean. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be ugly. Discipleship is an important subject. I mean, it gets right down to where we live, don't it? I mean, it does. It cuts against the grain. But understand, God wants us to be the salt of the earth. Jesus says that salvation come unto me. Then after salvation, when it comes to the discipleship, he says, come after me. But it's going to cost me something to, give me, to surrender to be a disciple of Jesus. It's going to cost you something as well as we stand all over the house. Let's pray. Father, sure do love you, God. I, I praise your holy name for a good day that you give us to be here in the house of God. Thank you for the good singing that we've heard. Lord, today for the fellowship amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray that as we look at this text, that we won't just run by it and think you was talking to somebody else. Lord, you was talking to us all. God, help me in this department, Lord, to be more committed, to more surrendered to every aspect of our life. God, help me to get out of the salt shaker. Help me make that influence, that positive impact everywhere I go. Lord, at work, at home, here at the house of God, wherever I go and the people come in contact with, help me to be what you called us to be. Lord, we'll be eternally grateful. God, help us see the seriousness. We put emphasis on first things and last things. Lord, I'm glad you'll still speak to us. God, help us to respond by faith and listen with a listening ear. And we'll give you thanks. We'll give you praise. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hello, friends. This is Brian Pondexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m., with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat-and-meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's Holy Word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say... Many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. For the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, and good works, and good deeds will not get you to heaven. 
Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16 and verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask Him to save you. You might say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? Well, first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, Broken in a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them. If you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here. And may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.